0: On the menu today, your entree of culture trumpetiness includes a light bite of the news since we last dined. For your mains, a slow-roasted review of Texas Chainsaw and Scream 2022. And finally, to wash it down your greedy gullets, a dive into the world of music collecting. Stay with us to be indulged. Mark, get that f- cooker on!
1: Well, thanks, Dan, for soothing us into a new episode there, with your voice like a tangle grinder. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. So, news. Mm. Um, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, anything much happened? Well,
0: the world's still falling to shit, isn't it? Or did it you is. mean specifically more... What I'm we talk about on this, kind of, yeah,
1: more the light-hearted culture side of things rather than all that miserable real-world stuff.
0: Okay, well, we'll start off as we mean to go on um, to announce the death, I suppose.
1: <laughs> yeah, let, um, let's keep it light, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, William Hurt passed away. Well, I say the other day, but you, I don't know when you're listening to this. On the 13th of March, and as you'll know, William Hurt, f- for me, is famous for playing Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's an Oscar winner and he's been in lots of other things but most recently I know him from the MCU
1: Yeah, I think that's probably where most people re- would recognise him from uh, recently, mm-hmm. but huge star kind of from you know, of of the past few decades really um, I hadn't
0: realised he, he was battling prostate cancer
1: No, no, which is I mean that's fair enough, I think yours was um, how can I put this, why would we know Well, um, exactly, I, exactly you know, you the some of the trashier newspapers will always say that someone has passed away after a secret battle with cancer, and you think, well, no, no, it's not secret; it's private. Yeah. So you know, um, I guess he was dealing with that as you know, Chadwick Boseman, similar circumstances. No, of course, yeah. Um, and and here we are. I guess you know it wasn't widely known, and and why would it be? But the, yeah, no. a real shame. Um, yeah. You yeah. kind of popped up every now and then in in the MCU films and kind of had his 10 or 15 minutes on screen and you there was know, always made a, a hope impression.
0: of mine that he was going to become Red Hulk yeah yeah but i think some... now that will be martin freeman's character
1: potentially i i guess we don't know do we um how recently he's been able to film stuff right that's so, a valid point I think one of the rumours was that She-Hulk would introduce Red Hulk, because Tim Roth's Abomination is also in it, right? So, it could be that he's filmed some scenes for that, and that going forward in future it would maybe be an entirely CGI character. Yes. Potentially, I, Yeah, right? sure. Um, I guess, but they were only rumours, weren't they? So, um, I guess we'll find out soon enough exactly. if he Filmed any scenes that we haven't yet seen for upcoming shows or movies. There's also Secret Invasion as well that's filming at the minute, you know, oh, yeah. he may, have, he may have had a part in that, but yeah, that was a, a real shame. That, um, definitely worth checking out some of his older films. Um, Altered States is a great one, a kind of really trippy, um, psychological sci fi horror, okay. mashup from the 80s. Uh, that's well worth a look. Um, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. If you know, if you only know him from the Marvel stuff, definitely go off and, and check some of his other things he's done. I will. Good. Do as you're told. <laughs> Not you too. <laughs> so, um, new releases. Yeah, um, just when it looked like things were kind of going back to normal in terms of the studios sending films back to cinemas. Um, Disney kind of... I don't know dumped is the wrong word, but they kind of dropped Turning Red, the new Pixar film, straight to uh, Disney+. Plus.
0: I don't know why you're sounding surprised by that, because they did say that Pixar, for the foreseeable, will straight to Disney+, Plus, whereas Disney originals are going to the cinema.
1: Did they? Okay, I'm I must have missed that. I'm
0: convinced that I read that okay. in weeks gone by, because... Mm. I remember having a discussion about it with some other friends going I'd be well annoyed if I worked for Pixar.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's
0: I'd find it really embarrassing now that the studio that you commit to who still works in the cinema release world. You know, it's not like mm. Netflix where they don't have a cinema presence. Yeah, um, Disney very much relies on a cinema presence. Yes. And if they are if Pixar as a studio are now making things you know essentially straight to DVD if you like. Mm. Um it's
1: not a place I'd like to work. It's a real shame. It's a real shame because even though obviously over the last couple of years there's been a real change in, in release strategy rights where you know big movies have been getting day and date or, or very soon after uh, releases on, on home streaming or physical disc, there's still a bit of a stigma around, like you just said, this kind of direct-to-video thing. Even though some of the stuff that's been directed to video or streaming or disc has been like high-quality, you know, $100 million blockbusters, right? Yeah, right. But but there is still this bit of a stigma, isn't there? And I think that's a real shame because... I don't know if you've watched Turning Red, but it's fantastic.
0: I haven't yet. Um, it's decided really to watch other things in my yeah, downtime. it's
1: really good. It's really good. It's good fun. It's just a really good film. Well, to, um, one of the
0: reasons we, we put this on our list of news is because it's turning heads for... The right reasons, in that mm. it's um, apparently very funny, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bra- uh, raises some um, great points, um, but also it's turning the heads for the wrong reasons, and we won't go into it, but please see Culture Trumpet
1: Series 1, Episode 4, for an education on the matter. Yes, I, I could imagine. But um, but no, it's a great film, and the reviews have been you know, across the board being... Been really good reviews. Luckily, they are at least getting the the cast and and directors and so on out on the publicity circuit. You know, I've seen and heard plenty of interviews with with the people involved. Uh, so at least they're not kind of at least they're giving it publicity. Um, but yeah, just a shame it hadn't it wasn't given a chance in the cinemas because
0: I, I think, think it would have done incredible. quite
1: well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, absolutely, absolutely. Moving on. Moving on, so talking about streaming again. Um, Moon Knight is due at the end of the month. That's Marvel's next yeah boy yeah uh, series, and some interesting comments that I wonder whether they've been misinterpreted, but certainly some interesting comments from the showrunners around how connected this is to the to the MCU. Um, and I think you've got the quote from from what one of the guys said.
0: Yeah, so um, Grant Curtis, who is serving as an executive producer on the show, has said on record, there is no attachment to the current MCU. He's brand new, and he is going on a brand new adventure. We really think the fans are going to enjoy it. Hmm. Now, my wife mentioned this to me, um, because she'd seen this before um, before I had a chance to talk. Um, don't go offering her a, a job, please, Mark, because I quite like doing this. Thank you very much. Um, and... She made the point of she he's the first character we've just not met before, so maybe it's that, you know. I think it's that. Yeah, we we've we've met Hawkeye, we've met Loki, mm-hmm. um, and bloody hell, all the other ones that we <laughs>
1: we had. Yeah, but but also I, I think perhaps what what they were getting at is as well as that obviously they say that he's brand new, um, all of the other stuff even when they've been introducing new characters has been linked to what has come before, right? So even when they introduce you know black panther or 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 got ant-man or whatever there's always links in those films or those appearances to the to the previous mcu stuff there's a degree of background knowledge maybe required from the viewer yeah to, to yeah. kind of understand where in the overall scheme of things this particular film or series fits in like if you came to watch loki having never seen anything else... Oh, you'd be the most
0: confused person. You
1: you wouldn't have a clue, right? So I think this is more a case of, at this stage, this character has nothing to do with any of the others. But I think that's not to say that going forwards, he won't be brought into the wider MCU. I just think, at this stage, they're going... You don't worry. You don't have to have watched anything else. Yeah, which there's, is there's which, no prior knowledge needed.
0: If anything, this is going to be, um, what's the word? It's, I suppose it's a treat to not have to watch ten years of content mm, <laughs> to oh, just watch a six part yeah. series. My only concern about it as a as a as an entity is Moon Knight is meant to be quite violent. Yeah. Now. Having rewatched Spider Man No Way Home recently, when um, Tom Holland's Spider Man is beating the crap out of Goblin, there's an anger in there, and I, n- I only clocked it watching it again over the weekend. Anyway, um, so yeah, Moon Knight was is meant to be violent, and I'm concerned that they won't do it justice. And you know, j- just focus a bit further on in the MCU. We've got Blade coming out soon. Deadpool mm-hmm. 3 is coming, and we now have a director, Sean Levy, mm-hmm. happy days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So if... The, I think the MCU as a whole, Kevin Feige, needs to make the decision soon. He's probably already made it, not he? If there are going to be more grown-up MCU content, if there is going to be more yeah. grown-up MCU content in the likes of bloody Deadpool, for God's sake, that mm-hmm. won't work toned down.
1: No. So, so I think in regards to that, I think um, they've already said that Moon Knight, in terms of what they've done so far, is going to be absolutely pushing the limit and it's going to be a lot harder and a lot darker. I think Feige's also said that if there's any Marvel film that would absolutely be an R rating or a 15 over here, more than likely, it would be Deadpool. So I think he's quite happy for, for Deadpool to keep on its current path, right? But also, bear in mind now, that the Netflix Marvel shows are coming to Disney+. Plus.
0: That's a valid point. So there's going to be a... A, a grown-up section. Yeah, R-rating content mm. under the Disney umbrella now. That's
1: right. So they are... So we're talking R-rating in the US. They're kind of vary between 15 and 18 yeah. ratings over here. Because so that's the other that, thing I
0: was thinking of, sorry, mm. is when mm. Deadpool inevitably... inevitably becomes part of a wider group, uh-huh. um, be it the X Men, be it something else. Yeah. When that crosses over, to, for for example, hear me out. If Deadpool crossed over with the new lines, you know, the new Avengers team, uh-huh. Deadpool would be a real toned down character, and it would be almost a waste. So how Potentially... so, so it's going to have to work that he gets paired with, for example, if they did properly did X Force, that X Force movie would have to be on par with the Deadpool films, uh, rated R of 15,
1: right? Yeah. But I think, look at it the other way, in that Deadpool being Deadpool, he can carry on with his own films, Deadpool 3, X-Force, whatever that might be, and kind of characters from the junior MCU, let's call it, could join as guest characters. In terms of him popping into Captain America 4, (laughs) or an X-Men film the whole point of him is that he would come in and be like what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I in this film? And they could make a joke out of the fact they have to bleep his dialogue all the time or pixel out all of the violence that he's causing. Do you Mm, know what I mean? mm. So I guess being that meta character, they can play around with him in that way.
0: Yeah. yeah. I I understand where you're coming from. I think they should keep him as cheeky and as violent as he possibly can be.
1: I think it's more likely that other MCU characters will appear in his films, okay. rather than him appearing in the wider MCU. Because we'll have to wait and see, though. We will, we will. I, th- but I think that's the more likely way of doing. It.
0: Also, it's, it's a funny time to announce Deadpool 3 when Ryan Reynolds has said he's taken a uh, break from acting. But you know, well,
1: yeah. Although, look, reading about. Those announcements over the weekend. So, Sean Levy, as you said, who directed Free Guy and The Adam Project, which is fantastic.
0: (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing it.
1: Genuinely loved it. I watched it over the weekend, and you kind of sometimes end up with this sense of dread when you hear about a Netflix original, right? Which I'm sure is something we'll return to shortly. But this was genuine. I'd have happily paid money to see this in the cinema. That's good. It was just a really good, fun movie. The kid who plays his younger self in real life is apparently an abs- and bearing in mind his age, is an absolute Deadpool super fan. Right. And he gets all of Reynolds' kind of mannerisms.
0: But that's really spooky to watch. It is,
1: but it's like imagine Ryan Reynolds ten years old, right? Oh, he, get, I'd, I'd he gets not. but he gets the speech patterns and wow. his delivery and just that general demeanour really well and they work really well together. They kind of really bounce off each other. Oh, look, I'm, um,
0: now now you've said that, I'm looking mm. forward to watching it even more because that's one thing that I, I struggle with in films or TV shows is when they cast a younger self and it doesn't quite, or an older self for that in fact, mm. doesn't mm. quite come off. Um, but to put context to that, um, the Amazon Prime show This Is Us, Yeah. They, if you've never watched it, it flips between certain time zones and the casting in that between the younger and the older is mind-boggling, but then at one point they do apply makeup.
1: Oh, right. But that,
0: that, again, needs to be done well, and it is. But again, Mm. I'm not going to say my catchphrase from the last last episode, so let's move on.
1: (laughs) Well, talking of Amazon Prime... Oh, I didn't uh... even write
0: this bit! Oh,
1: I'm UK, so happy. It's so good I am on the ball with this. I am I am on this like a tramp on chips. <laughs> <laughs> so, new to Amazon in the UK, new to Amazon Prime this week, is the second episode of Season 2 of Picard. Yeah, boy. Um, so, just briefly, I guess, how do you think this compares to Season 1? Um, so far. I felt with
0: Season 1, I... One, I had no context of The Next Generation because oh, yeah. I hadn't watched it at that point. But yeah. I felt like I had to be lured into it a bit more in Series 1. Mm. I needed I needed the tease. I needed to know where it was going quicker. Yeah. Whereas Series 2, the first episode is your nice... Um, this isn't a spoiler alert, but um, nice reintroduction to the people, where they're at in yeah. their lives. Yeah, And then towards the end of that episode you get an idea of where it's going, but then episode two properly solidifies what the point of series two is going to be. Yeah, There is some lovely callbacks to the first series. There's Uh hints of um, characters that might pop up. Uh And again, if you don't know by now, then this is a spoiler alert. Q is returning and holy shit, is he annoying me already? But that's the (laughs) point of Q and and he's still... Still as good as he was back in the Next Gen and Voyage days.
1: He's back to fuck up Picard's shit. I was never a massive, huge fan of The Next Generation when it was on TV. Okay. Um, When it comes to Star Trek, to be honest, I've always preferred the films to the TV show. Um, But when it comes to the TV show, I always preferred Deep Space Nine. See, I had to stop Deep Space Nine, because
0: it oh. hasn't had the same love that um, The Next Gen has had on Netflix.
1: In terms of the remastering and all sure. that stuff. So yeah. I've really struggled yeah. to watch it. No, that That is a shame, really, because yeah. it, it does deserve that.
0: I did get quite a few series in, but um, yeah. I can't
1: tell you where I am, because I've forgotten. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But I think this... I think the first season of Picard was very kind of plodding, and it did test my patience. I don't mind slow-moving stories, right? I'll, I'll yeah. happily watch a three-hour film or whatever, something that just takes its time to tell its story. But I felt like Picard was kind of really pushing his luck. But the first episode of season two kind of starts right in the middle of you know an action sequence, mm-hmm. which then kind of stops dead, and it's like 36 hours earlier, blah, blah, blah. And you go, oh, not one of those things again, where they, they kind of do... A lot of shows have a habit of doing that, don't they? They'll start with something exciting and then yeah. send you back a day. Tease you and then go and add a slow build-up. But as you say, it worked then really well to kind of... You see all these characters together in the opening sequence, and then you go back and it's like, none of them are together two days earlier, so mm, what the hell yeah. happened? So, as you say, reintroducing them, seeing where they're at, um, and then... It ends on a real cliffhanger, the first episode. It's so good. I, um, I
0: was well annoyed that I had to wait a week. Yes.
1: <laughs> and then this episode, as you say, Q kind of comes back um, in, you know, much more prominently, um, and he's really messing with Picard. And I think the kind of, again, without spoiling it, there's an element of a bit timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, right? Is it time travel? Is it alternate universes? Is it a bit of both? And let's see where it goes. But it looks really interesting. I'm yep, I'm, I'm much more I'm, into this two yeah. episodes in than I was into the whole of the first season.
0: I'm look I look forward to Fridays. One yeah, because definitely. it's a bloody weekend, Absolutely. but secondly, Picard is just I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got lots to talk uh, about. We've got to keep going, we've got to keep going. We have let's go. Next up, Kenobi trailer ah, finally landed. Blah, blah, looks blah, blah, interesting. Blah. Looks good. Um looks a bit more kind of open and expansive than maybe Mandalorian and Boba Fett was. I think maybe there's a bit more location work going on, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It feels a bit more outdoors kind of thing. Um, A little bit disappointed that they kind of give you a glimpse of the young Luke Skywalker. I was hoping it'd maybe try and avoid that. I mean, obviously, we know that's what he did at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yep, And he kind of left Luke with his aunt and uncle, and we know that over time he's kind of just keeping an eye on him, making sure he's alright, and, and so on, but I just kind of hoped they wouldn't go back to that like straight away,
0: if you know what I mean. I didn't think they needed to include that in the trailer. Um, well,
1: no, there is that. May- maybe. I think
0: I think Luke's uncle's going to play a part, because they then cut to Luke's
1: uncle... He does seem more prominent, to be fair, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. So, mm, and, yeah. And it's Joe Ledgerton, so, you know.
0: Ah, do you know, I didn't recognise him, but I, yeah, I saw well, him in the casting.
1: He played him in the in the film, but that was, like, one of his early roles. Wow, so, okay. So, obviously, in the 20-whatever years since, he's become a lot more uh, prominent. So, yeah, I suppose if you're going to get him back, you might as well give him something to do.
0: But, I, I, you know, I saw the trailer drop, and I thought, oh, my God, and then... It was just such a treat seeing Ewan in the beard, mm. in the robe, and mm.
1: yeah, his and the music. They used the Ah Jules face.
0: I'm sick of that.
1: Really? <laughs> Fuck! Oh, shut up. <laughs> best. It's the best piece of Star Wars music.
0: I also don't think they should have put it in the trailer, but there we are.
1: Mm, maybe not. Maybe not.
0: But that's that may can't come. Bloody soon enough, and well excited. Yeah,
1: I, I, I was on the fence on this one, but looking at the trailer, it, it does look very, very good. Um, just one quick thing: um, there, there's a, in a, in the US, there's a thing called the Home Entertainment Media Play Awards, which hands out prizes for a, a range of categories on the the best physical media releases. Um, and although it's US based, there are some titles from companies that we talked about in the last episode around these independent releases from the likes of Shout and Arrow, um, you know, looking at uh, some of their releases that they've put out over the last year. Um, so I'll pop a link into the episode description. Uh, but if you're interested, take a look at that website, vote. Uh, if you like what Arrow and Shout and, and all those companies do, vote for those releases because you know it's all good publicity if they if arrow win a, a, an award for their release of june 1984 uh that'll be a really big boost uh and same with shout and their kind of halloween releases and things like that so um yes yeah, show your support for physical discs and independent companies and and place your votes nice one nice one so I'm off my thought box now you're all right
0: Again, because we didn't realise how much we'd hark on about the quick section of news that we had. Oh god, um, yes. Just let's just have some one-liner reviews, maybe. Let's let's introduce that as yeah. a thing. Let's um, go for it. So Netflix uh, a couple of weeks ago now, during mm-hmm. the big storm that we had in the UK, which made mm-hmm. my made my weekend easy because I just watched this. Um, go outside, watch a shit film on Netflix. Spoiler alert: I thought it was shit. Um, well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, mm. Okay. So it was a. Sequel to the original. Uh-huh. Where have we seen that before? And okay, did it do what the original did? Mm, not really. It focused a lot more, in my eyes, anyway, on on the gore, mm-hmm. and which is what we've come to expect with modern horror films, yep. mainly splatterfests. Yep. Uh, it just wasn't very good. It was a modern twist on it because there's technology but again mm. I think it missed the mark and I thought we were going to get a, a proper modern successor to that original
1: mm. Mm. for me it was pretty much what I expected I'm not a fan of the original I, I understand why it's so well regarded and I understand that it's quote unquote an important horror film I just never liked it I find I find the original boring um,
0: I find you boring
1: well, I find you boring. The remake, the 2003 remake, I, f- I much, much prefer. I think that's a fantastic film. This, as a sequel to the original, yeah, it's fine. It it was, as I say, it's what I expected. I mean, we are so many films in now. There's the original and it has, what, two, two or three sequels. Then there's the remake and its prequel. Then there was another one about five or six years ago. So we're on to, like, what, ten films now? I don't Something know. silly. Um... It had some good moments. The sequence on the bus, I thought, was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, including, as you say, the technology. So, like, the, everyone just picks up the phone and starts filming him, and it's like... It was quite get... a funny
0: take and, and comment
1: like... on society. Yeah, and it's like... We're going to get cancelled, bro. Did... Yeah, that that kind of thing. <laughs> so, It had its moments, right? I thought it was... For what it was, it was fine. It was written and produced by Fede Alvarez, who wrote and directed the Evil Dead remake right and and also don't breathe okay both of which are fantastic and the evil dead remake is just phenomenal and i think if he'd have directed it as well i think it would have had a little bit more to it both in terms of visually and stylistically but also i think he would have been maybe a little bit more invested in the story if he was also the director rather than just knocking off a script and handing it over to someone else right yeah um so it's a shame he wasn't the director. I think it could have been a lot better if he was, but it was. I wasn't expecting a lot, and I got what I expected.
0: That's valid. I th- so, I think you know. I was expecting a bit more, but just because we've been spoilt with the likes of the Halloween redos.
1: And yes, and it, and as you kind of hinted at, it was very much trying to do that, wasn't it? Like, yeah. here's a sequel to the original. Forget all the ones in between, which worked for Halloween. I think what what they should have done here is made more of the Sally Hardesty character who was the survivor from the first film.
0: Oh, yeah, I've got a comment so, on that too.
1: <laughs> so in the in in the Halloween films, the new ones, Jamie Lee Curtis is back and her character is central here, although the original act, actor is no longer alive. They've they've got a new actor in to play the character. That character who was, you know, the original final girl, right? Or one of the original final girl archetype characters is very much a kind of supporting character. Yeah. And I think if they'd have made her more... Like, in in Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis just has has turned herself into force of nature, ready at any moment, should Michael reappear. And while while you hear that Sally Hardesty's been trying to find Leatherface... She can't have been trying that hard because he's not that far away, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't seem to be more than a couple of hours apart in terms of the film. I think they should have made more of her character.
0: My biggest problem was that Leatherface runs the chainsaw through her, lifts mm. her up, mm. uh, she falls to the ground, and then she ends up Surviving it, and it's like, hang on! If a chainsaw yeah. ripped through your insides like that, it's yeah. hit, it's hit a few organs. People are mm. dying of single stab wounds. Like, yeah. it. I know it's a horror film, but come on.
1: Uh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but you know, it's a Texas Chainsaw uh, film. Yeah, it's, you can it's, only, it's uh, done. We okay, can move on. So much. Having F- said that,
0: following the trend of rebooting horror films. <laughs>
1: we have some good news because we've both finally again this is originally we were going to talk about this a few weeks ago but we've both finally managed to see the new scream film. What did you think of that?
0: Um because so I watched Scream 1 and the new Scream quite quite close maybe 2 3 weeks apart. Uh-huh. Um and I'd seen Scream 1 back in the day but I couldn't really remember it. Okay. I think I shouldn't have done that. Because the similarities were a bit too strong. Oh, okay. But there were some fantastic practical effects in the new Scream, and I was all in for that. Uh, the mm. the knife through the cheek was a fantastic effect, mm. and mm. I, oh, I was cringing so much, because it goes in, it comes out, and he wiggles it about. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> um, I think the twists were good, although you kind of pick it up pretty quickly who it's going to be. Uh, I won't spoil it, but... Uh-huh. Like, at all Scream films, they, they do misdirect you and then go... Yeah. Oh, but wait, there's more. Mm. Um, and Scream 6 has been greenlit. Mm-hmm. There was one character that met a demise, which I was quite sad about, Um, but I won't give it away. Mm. But it was... I was going to say it was nice to see them all back on the screen, but that has happened in previous Scream films, so it wasn't that exciting, really.
1: Sure, sure. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I think after scream one and scream four i think it's it's an equal tie with those yeah i i liked what they did i mean it, it's, it's from the team who made uh, ready or not which i don't know if you've seen oh, yeah great movie um so i was kind of hoping for good st- things anyway because that ready or not is a fantastic film um I just like how they updated it. All Obviously, they're always self-referential, right? So they're talking about um, the difference between sequels and remakes and reboots, and a reboot is where a requel is where you get some of the original cast back and blah, blah, blah. And they've always, certainly as the sequels have gone along, they've always really trod this fine line between being wittily self-referential... And absurd. And absurdly up their own arse. And it, it, it kind of balances that perfectly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're right, the kills and the violence was kind of nasty and sudden. It was a, a justified 18. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. A hard yeah. No, R in America, I guess. No disagreements there, no disagreements there. I like that the... This isn't really a spoiler because it's the first ten minutes, right? But I like that the opening sequence, which is all through all the films, have always been kind of the get the film off to a high start. With oh, yeah. A, a, you know, a guest star and an unexpected kill and all that. Interesting that the the character who was being stalked in the opening sequence in this isn't actually killed and goes on to become a main character in the film overall. Whereas normally it's a guest star, you know, obviously like Drew Barrymore in the first one, for example. They're in it for five minutes and then they're dead. So I thought that was neat, that the, the character you think is going to die and you're not going to see again actually goes on to be one of the main characters. And the links to some of the older characters, again, no spoilers, but the way that some of these new characters are connected to ones from the previous films, nicely done, nothing too... Um, there's nothing where I kind of went, oh, come on, that's a bit far-fetched.
0: Yeah, valid point.
1: I, you know, I think it was just done in another way. And it was funny as well, you know. There are always, you know, there's some nice bits of humour.
0: I've got a, a a real interest in Jack Quaid turning up in things now. Oh mm. right, yeah. Like, yeah, I cool. loved him in The Boys, and in this, I thought he really shone as a a nice comedic um, comic relief for a really <laughs> serious, gory, nasty film. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah it's All I really want to say about it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I want to see the next one. I think had Wes Craven been alive today would it have been mm. made probably not but if he for whatever no. reason said go on do it i think he would have been proud of this because it I, I think he would have done to it be fair. it took what the original one did in it being like you say meta aware mm. of itself mm. and didn't make a fool of itself
1: no and i think i think he would have said yeah go go do it and and do what you can because well first of all he was always very supportive of other filmmakers you know that when he died there were lots of stories came out about how he would kind of help out new and upcoming filmmakers and, and give them advice and so on so i've no doubt he would have been more than happy to hand the reins over but also i just think as good as scream 4 is i think that that kind of brought those four films if that would have been it that would have been fine. You've had a really good set of films. Yeah. I think the fifth one, this one, needed to, you know, be a requel, right? <laughs> it needed to be what they talk about. And it does that really well. I don't know about a sixth one, though. I'm really happy it's been successful enough that a sixth film has been given the green light because they deserve that success. But at the same time, what could they do next? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, I I assume it's going to be much of the same, and mm. it will all go. Oh well, that wasn't as good as the, when they tried to do it again. In yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll, I th- it'll fall I think, on its ass, I think.
1: Now, I think this one perfectly comments on the whole series. Yeah. In terms of sequel, remake, reboot, original cast, new cast, it 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 does everything in terms of both as a as a film itself and as a comment on the films. And the whole horror thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it wraps it almost wraps it up, and for the certain characters, have closure and, and so on. It's not that I don't think they can manage it, because you know, as I say, they've, they've, this film's great and Ready or Not is a fantastic horror comedy, so they could do it. I'm just interested in what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. A um, couple of years th- to wait, one guesses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So those were a couple of quick one-line reviews.
0: How, okay, so let's go. How many trumpets would you give Texas Chainsaw Twenty Twenty
1: Two? Out of we have five. Remember? Oh, five. Sorry. Um, th- uh, three. I'll give it a three. I'm That's feeling. F- it. That's generous. valid.
0: Um, I I will go ahead and give Scream four. To be honest. I'd probably give it five. I loved it. Well, you voted for the first one, so I'm having four. And I and, I, and I'm going to edit this, so it's. Oh, four. fine. Okay. <laughs> Four. I agree,
1: totally, four sounds fine. <laughs> Let's drop a jingle in. Hey! It's time
0: for Topic or Topics of the
1: Week. So, last episode, a bit of a Q&A. It turned into a bit of a Q&A between me and Dan around... Something we're both interested in, but it's probably more of a passion for me, which is the kind of collector's editions of movies and the kind of indie stuff and, and the cult things, maybe not quite mainstream, and then these more, more deluxe editions and, and the, the hard work that all these indie companies put in to, to restoring and releasing some of these older films. So this week, it's kind of Dan's turn, and... Dan is obviously a film fan, but as you'll know from previous episodes, music is a huge part of his uh, life and spare time and interests. So I guess it's my turn then to pump Dan thoroughly. Oh, God. Um,
0: <laughs> I've, I've, even though this is virtual, I feel really uncomfortable in my own home. <laughs> uh, for... we've, got re- we've got a real talent there, Mark.
1: Yay! <laughs> for, um, so yes, it's my turn to... I guess find out a bit more about what Dan's kind of real interests are. So, I guess music then, right? Yeah. So, where's that come from? What What's the story behind that?
0: So, I guess most of it starts from upbringing and my parents were into their music Well, it were, still are, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, big um, 80s music fans like i suppose most people are in this day and age you know synth pop and stuff but where i fell in love with this was um my dad introducing me to like AC/DC and that sort of stuff when i was a young kid um i've mentioned before that i stumbled across his vinyl collection over my grandparents house and i put on black sabbath's black sabbath and from then i went wow this is noise that i really really like around that time again we talked about it on the Pluto playlist episode um, Busted were a thing fell in love with that band started following them and then as I matured my music tastes matured so then I found the likes of Green Day and then from there the rest is history Mm. I follow so many bands now it's obscene, music is really my passion Um, films are great and all but I find it easier to connect to music than visual media and film. So, yeah, it, it's, it's been a part of my life longer than film, I'd say, because there's there was always music on in the house, and there's always music on in my house now. Okay. Not at this moment, because I'm recording a podcast. Well, obviously, but, obviously. but, yeah, you know, at, at work, I will listen to music if, to get tasks done. Okay. I'll, I'll relax to it. Um, you know, God forbid I'd go back to a gym. I'd put it on then.
1: Not right. listen to whatever Capital Radio Station shit is playing. <laughs> okay. So, listening to music, that's cool. Yep. I, kind of, I, I listen to a fair amount as well. But in, in terms of how I consume it, or what I buy, I, I've got a very small vinyl collection, okay. and got rid of my CDs a long, long time ago. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing, from, from how you're talking, you're still very much a physical format collector
0: um i mean it's changed over the years really because when i was younger we we had um obviously cassettes were the big consumable Uh of of music world when i was growing up and that quickly turned to cds but i i remember having a little tape player and it was like s club juniors or s club seven or whatever it was was one of my first cassettes um and then I'm pretty sure my first CD was Bob the Builder, classic. Oh, wow. Okay. And okay. from then, CDs were my, you know, predominant media of choice. Yeah. Um, probably all the way up until, I don't know, I want to say mid-2000s. Okay, right. And then, then the world changed and we started having digital media. And then, you mm. know, with the launch of the iPod, you were still buying CDs, but you were ripping them straight away when you got home to put them on your iPod.
1: Hmm.
0: And I remember, you know, the world of digital and MP3 just changed everything mm-hmm. and, you know, people would still buy music legally, rip it to a computer, but then from there it was shareable. Whether it was right, rightly or wrongly to do it, people shared their music libraries with friends via iPods and USB sticks, right? Yes. Um, so I remember not buying CDs for a very long period of time because it was all done through iTunes forward on then to me moving out Um, I bought myself a little vinyl player I actually come back a bit so things are still digital but then streaming services like with film launched and Spotify and now Tidal and Apple Music are a way of consuming music without physically you know stacking shelves at home
1: Uh
0: Um, but then fast forward to me moving out I bought myself a little vinyl player, and it's. Do, do you mean do you mean a, a gramophone player? A gramophone, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. Um, bought myself a little vinyl player, and mm-hmm. that's when I was like, "Hey, Dad, can I have your vinyl collection?" Yes, just gathering dust. Awesome. Mm. Mm. So that's when I probably started buying music um, physically, properly again. Okay. I had CDs bought over the years, but mainly because it was a case of if you pre-order a new album, you could have pre-sale tickets. Until my friend went, there's a no-purchase-necessary option usually with these things, Dan. I was like, oh, okay. But it is signed, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was then, and that that's where I am now. I tend to now collect vinyl. I i come last time I bought a CD. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. That's... So do you still... I'm assuming... You'll you'll buy the vinyl, but actually listen to the digital version on Spotify or something like that. Then.
0: Uh, that's an interesting point because I was bitten on the ass a few years ago by buying a vinyl record and not listening to it. Right. So HMV tends to do a two for forty pound deal quite regularly, hmm. and um, Ramstein's self-titled album, well, Ramstein's Untitled, came into the deal, and it's usually about thirty four ninety nine on its own. Oh, right. So okay. two for 40, it was a banging deal. Yeah. But again, it was one of those. I've listened to this to death now because it's now in the deal. It's been out for a long time. Mm. And then one day, my friend bought the same record. I went, Does yours jump? I went, Oh, I better have a look. So I played it, and yes, it jumped. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. out of the return window. Right. Um, thankfully, it was a case of both my vinyl player and my friend's vinyl player was a bit mucky. So a quick clean and everything was fine mm, but mm, a, but mm. yeah I I t- I learned my lesson from buying the record not making sure it's okay because there are you know records do have you know they're all printed there are errors um ooh, ooh. I've got a copy of The Mind Sweep by Ente Shikari, which um one chat one groove just repeats every now and again but again it's probably oh, down that. to a bit of dirt yeah but yeah you obviously don't get that with a um a digital copy of an album
1: What do you make of this decades-old argument? Because I I remember when CDs were new. Sure, me too, that's Um, okay. But what what do you make of this decades-old argument between what sounds best between CD and vinyl, then?
0: CD and vinyl, I would probably... Well, I don't know what I'd argue. It depends what format the file is on the CD. Mm. And I'll tell you why. Because, not that you asked, but an MP3 format cuts a lot of frequency because uh-huh. they're quite small files. Mm. Um, and that was favorable at some point, I think. I think a vinyl is quite uncompressed. I know it's physical, mm. but there are people that will only listen to things on vinyl. Mm. And if you if you'd ask, you know, ask me what would you want to listen to something for the best quality, I would I wouldn't even say CD of Argo, are oh, the digital release on Spotify please at lossless. Or Apple mm. Music tend to do lossless. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. that's how I'd do it. Well, generally
1: speaking, I know there there was a a phase I think where a lot of CDs were because they wanted to, to create this kind of ones that included video and other interactive content that you could put in a PC. I I think some of them may well have used MP3, but I think generally speaking, most CDs use kind of PCM kind of uncompressed audio. So I guess then it's down to... I guess it's down to the mastering, isn't it? Because I I suppose if it's a CD version of something that was recorded decades ago, analogue, Mm. They can only clean it up so far. It can only sound so good.
0: Definitely, and, you got, and they got to work out how to master it best for the format that's being burnt. Yeah. And if it's being mastered for MP3, they know they're going to lose something. Yeah. So it's getting the most out of the frequencies available.
1: Yeah. But I guess if something, if if it's a new recording that's recorded end to end digitally, yeah, it's gonna sound better on CD because it's not gonna have the pops and crackles that you'll occasionally get on a vinyl record. Sure.
0: And I think the. Like my vinyl player is no by no means expensive, but it was still over a hundred pound. Mm-hmm, and most mm-hmm. people who you know collect vinyl for the, for, I suppose for the sake of collecting vinyl, will play it on a eighty pound Crosley. Who yeah. make I'm gonna say make good vinyl players, but they're not vinyl players that I would buy to play vinyl on.
1: No. Um, no.
0: Get save you know, save yourself ruining some some vinyls again. I'm not saying it's libel here, or, you know whatever. Um but splurge an extra 50 quid get yourself an, an audio technica or a sony because yeah. your vinyl will last a lot longer and that and that that is the downside of collecting vinyl is i'm amazed some of my dad's still work from the 70s and 80s but hmm. it's you know it's like a pencil pencil you know use a pencil enough it'll it'll go to nothing but i would assume the materials have moved on that they are a bit better wearing yeah. styluses have changed
1: Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: But I will to to answer your question in less than ten minutes. I tend to (laughs) listen to the digital version first because the physical copy
1: turns up a few days after release. That's true. That's true. But also, well, ultimately as well, though, if you're out and about in the car or wherever, the digital copy's there, isn't it? Saves a lot of space. Yeah, (laughs) and and the record players don't like potholes and speed bumps. (laughs) No, exactly. Um. Okay, so talking of vinyl then, there was obviously a, a point not long after CD came out where vinyl kind of pretty much appeared from the shelves, right? It yeah. Was, it was hard to get hold of. CD took off in a huge way. Um, cassette tapes were still big, not, not physically, but still popular. <laughs> um, uh, and, and for most people, did did the job. So, what is it, do you think, that has caused final to come back into fashion? I was th- is I was th- it is it just pretentious hipster wankers? Well,
0: I was going to say oh. hipsters. Now, yeah, I wouldn't. Know, I'm the furthest from a hipster that you could possibly think. I could put my hair into a top knot if I tried, <laughs> but I cannot grow a beard, hmm. and I don't ride a um, a Bromptons. Bicycle either, but <laughs> point being, or a vegan. Anyway, I'm gonna go down a the line there. For me, bands that I really liked who weren't like the Rolling Stones, where they don't need to release music because huh. they're just gonna be minted for the well for the little time they have left. For, uh, as an aside, they're charging about two hundred quid a ticket for their cu- upcoming dates in the UK. Get fucked. Just taking the piss. Taking the piss. Yep. Anyway, um, bands that I really like. Uh, uh, bel- for example, Enter Shikari, who are a bigger band than they were five, ten years ago, but are still an independent band, were releasing their music on vinyl with a couple of variants, which some were more limited than others. And it was that limited edition you know, 500 in the world that drew me in. I was able mm. to support them by buying Direct. It was a bit, yeah. a bit of a DIY task on their part, and yeah. usually it came signed, which I quite like. And... Yeah, it was a way of buying direct and not going through a shop who has bought it off them. And bands that I tend to buy vinyl through now, I tend to buy a variant of because they're a bit more special.
1: Hmm, okay.
0: I don't know why... That's why I did it. But I think for the majority, it might have been because they became art pieces. Like, people were tiling... Not tiling their walls with it, but putting putting them up in frames and making art out of them. True. And, you know, the artwork on vinyl sleeves, yes you know, it's the cover but bigger and
1: they do look brilliant.
0: Mm. But you, you couldn't display them
1: really. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when when you hear from people who used to collect movies on laserdisc, same size format, right? Twelve inch discs. That's kind of one of the things that a lot of people miss is that large format packaging really showed off the artwork.
0: Yeah, like, the, there's the. a good example. Um, Ghost's album, new album, Impera, came out last week. Mm. Um, again, I bought the vinyl, I bought a limited edition variant from um, Crash Records up your way, actually. And it, what I'm seeing more of now is that the independent stores are getting the real special ones mm. to make you go shop at the independent record stores, which I think is fantastic, and it's really good for local businesses, keeping them going. Mm. Um, but... The intricate artwork of that album, seeing it a bit bigger, is great. Yeah. Granted, you could probably go online and do it, but you know physically. Oh sure. But you've got it it in your hands, have not you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So, you play music as well, right? I try. What what instruments do you? uh,
0: Um, I started learning the drums when I was a kid, but that then very quickly turned to guitar when I saw
1: School of Rock. (laughs)
0: and then I played guitar ever since that is my main instruments but I dabble with bass
1: so is the did the playing the drums come from listening to music
0: yeah definitely um I don't know why drums specifically I'll be honest because it wasn't like Mm. I I again heard busted and went yeah I want to I want to play whatever this unnamed studio musician is playing I can't I don't know why I think I had friends in School that played drums, and I thought that sounds good. Um, because I can't think back that far, I think of any guitarists. Whereas high school, when I switched to guitar, I knew loads of guitarists, okay. And the rest with that is certainly history. I play as you know as many times in the week as I can with the time I have,
1: yeah. So, when you play, then do you play is that just on your own, or have you got some special music friends that you play with?
0: Special music friends, um. When I was in school studying music, so I did music tech, G, music tech A level and music GCSE, but the other mm, way around. Mm. Um, we, you know, you'd have to play as a, as a group now and again for exams and whatnot. But I tried joining a band and it just doesn't work because someone's more committed than the other, and you know, real life just gets in the way. You know, it's impossible, I think, to do be that committed and not run a full proper nine to five job as a career.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but Frank Turner, who's a artist that I really like, um, in his song "The Ballad of Me and My Friends," is one lyric: "The musicians who lack the friends to form a band are singer-songwriters." Now, I'm not a singer-songwriter at all, but I lacked the friends to form a band because I could have formed a, an ensemble of guitarists or drummers, but I didn't know any bassists or singers. <laughs> not through lack of trying.
1: Right, right. But
0: it's things like that. It was just everybody learning guitar or drums. Gotcha. And okay. I'd have loved to have been in a band. I'd lo- still love to be in a band because it'd be a great laugh. But it's just finding the commitment to do mm. it.
1: Mm.
0: You know, ev- everyone plays cover songs.
1: He's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, um, there's there's a guy I used to work with. um He's in is in a, a Duran Duran tribute band that's pretty cool um who do really well right they kind of go off and they get they, I think a couple of years ago they, they got a, a season at, at butlin's you know to oh, a fair play. Of, yeah to actually do the proper whole shows you know and then they're not you know, the, I don't think anything goes as far as being official, but they were kind of—they've been given the the nod from the original band. You know, it's yeah. like you're doing all right, keep it up, kind of thing. Um, so, so yeah, but you know, he obviously has to take time off work. There's that, that, and, and you and it, know, going around the country. And, just
0: watch David Brent life on the road. He uses all his he cashes, in, much he cashes in his pensions, all yeah. his leaves his job just to go pursue this fake rock star career, and it's just yeah. I, when I was stud- going to go study for university, I had, to, had this fork in the road of do I study music or do I study a, uh, a not a trade but you know study something I'll, I'll build my career around. And my mm. argument, because it surprised people, I didn't go study music. Uh, but one, I can't read music. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I can't. Yeah. But I can read tab, and that that gets me by. That's all I need. To, that's okay. all I want to know. Okay. I want to be able to play my instrument and
1: learn songs that I enjoy. Fine. Which is fine and, and I guess if, if you have the time and, and if I'd to do that if I'd started
0: learning that instrument when I started learning drums, mm. I would have had to have learnt music. But because I learnt it older it yeah. it bypassed. But anyway, it's something that is on my bucket list to do is learn to read music properly. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Well that's cool. Um, that's cool. There was a point to I didn't finish the point and I can't what it was. Oh yeah. So study music or study something else. And my mm. argument was that if I studied music and I couldn't get a career in it or I hated my job, I hate my hobby. Mm. And I never wanted that. Whereas no. study something else, if you dislike your job, or you've got music to fall back on if you want to you know, relax or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I, I think, going back to that David Brent thing, I think you do get some people who, who maybe... And it's kind of fueled by X Factor and all that shite. Of course it is. A, someone might be have you know some gen. I mean, I'm talking to someone who can't play a fucking instrument save my life. I could, I could maybe manage a triangle, right? Um, but you get people who are, have a degree of talent, but they're never going to make it huge, but they kind of get it into their head that they are destined for greatness, yeah. And and you see some of them maybe busking in the high street or whatever, and you just think, bless you, mm. you're better than me but with the best bill in the world, yeah, <laughs> you're, not, yeah, yeah. you're not good enough, you know. Um... And
0: this is the thing, like, I wouldn't want to inflict my playing on other people, really. Like, mm. you know, family members say, oh, you can play a tune, you know, yeah, you're just saying that. But, you know, I, I genuinely wouldn't. I struggle with my ability of playing the instrument, even though I've been playing for that long. Yeah, I will always have that self-conscious doubt in my head that oh you're not actually that good mate um, and that's always helped me back from you know being in a band as well I guess but less about my ex- existential crisis um, <laughs> back to the collecting of vinyl now yes the thing again I won't hark on about it too much but the collecting of records the value seems to change as well like I don't know of many CDs that would increase in value but there's some Records that I've got so Origin of Muse, which was um, a Muse, funny enough album. Um, what was it again? Origin of Muse.
1: Was it a Symphony? Origins of. Hang on, hang on. Origin of Symphony. Oh
0: there we go. So, Origin of Muse was Showbiz, Origin of Symmetry, and some demos. Oh, that was it. Origin of Symphony. Um, yeah. And with some B sides, some live stuff. It was a really, really cool collection that I bought a few years ago. Mm. Um, I think it retailed at about £110, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, maximum, it's, it's sold at £300 since. Oh, wow. Um, there's a great website called Disc Cogs, where you can collect. Uh, you can log your collection, which right. I think is great for people like us who want to log everything, but also for insurance purposes.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, if you've got a, va- a valuable record, a first pressing of, I don't know, a David Bowie record, they're going to be really worth something. yes
1: absolutely Um, but again I think that that goes back to a discussion we've had kind of on one of the early episodes where and I'm sure you're not one of these people but there will be some people who are just buying this stuff purely in the hope that it increases in value oh and scalp it yeah 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 Yeah, Um, and they'll buy multiple copies and then stick them on eBay and we've come across that with with movies and steelbooks and all that um, and I think it's just nice to be able to collect something because you love it. If it happens to become valuable, okay, you've got it to fall back on if times get hard. I love exactly, it. exactly. But but I think, but yeah, I think it's a shame when people. And I suppose it's the same with any kind of market where the thing is is collectible, right? Yeah, you're always going to get people who are just speculating on it, and you know if you're buying things to make a profit, you're not a collector. I agree. You're not a fan. Uh, So that's... the Yeah, yeah. And the the Uh, other thing
0: I like about the vinyl records is they're not around for infinite times, like a a Spotify release. Well, there's things...
1: They do, some that are square. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, I'm just going to
0: ignore you on that one. Like, you know, once... These vinyls have sold out. They are properly sold out because they're not going to get printed again necessarily in this in that um, styling. Yeah. So you know you get third and fourth pressings of things, but it's very different to the one they did originally. Yeah. Um, which is also a pain in the ass as a collector because you go, oh, I've got to get that as well. But I don't double mm. dip as much on vinyl as I do steelbooks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah, yeah, got, they they can, but. By the same token, if that's your thing, it's easily easily understandable why you might do, or it might be that a release from another country has got a different artwork on it, or an extra couple of tracks and things like that.
0: Yeah, well, this is what's happening with, I am saying, the the independent record variants. So Amazon might get an exclusive, HMV might get an exclusive colourway, and the independent record stores might get an individual Mm colourway. But then the artist itself might get a super special-looking one, and that's five different records.
1: So Um, which one would you go for in that case?
0: So for Ghost's release, I went with the independent store. Mm. um, One, because I wanted to support the independent store. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the only way to get the the Ghost variant was through an online store that wants to charge £12 shipping. (sighs) And I went, get on your bike, because I know that's being shipped from the UK. Oh, cheeky fuckers. So I supported... Crash records, and okay. it turned up the day after the release, which I was very happy with. Oh, that's good. But the that's people good. that and I love them, I love the band dearly, but they are the worst people for it because they put out some amazing variants. Is Enter Shikari? Okay. Ah, uh, they they repress it and it look, they repress some records and they look phenomenal. And I go, but I've mm. got the original. I don't need it again. Yeah. But it looks they look amazing every time.
1: So what is that with, with the artwork? Different or the like the vinyl color? It's, it's the
0: colorways of it. So they Shikari do some really cool like splatter effects, really yes. funky colors, and yeah, yeah, it's it's just annoying. Mm. <laughs> but you know,
1: it is. And they it's always the sell same out with, as well. They always It's sell the same out. with movie collecting, isn't it? You know, people. Uh, I guess you're the same, a music collectors are The same, going like, oh god, this this is the third time this. Album or sure. movie has been released. I can't believe it. The money-grabbing bastards. Right then, where do I pre-order it? Yeah, <laughs> and it's that thing of like, you know what? You know exactly what's going on, but you're still gonna fall for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I think with any kind of collector, it's going to be the same. Whether it's you know, you got people who collect board games, you have got people who collect moss. Uh, yeah. Whatever it is, you know, there'll always be something. There'll always be something to, to grab yeah. your money.
0: But, you know, I there's there's not a day that goes by that I don't listen to music in some format. I mean, okay. hell, your alarm is a piece of music. True. If you True. have a song, of course. If it's just like... Then maybe not, but somebody has generated that tone to piss you off. Yes. Um, my my alarm is the spark by Ender Shikari, because it's a nice piece of music to wake up to, and I don't hate life as much. Okay. I'm going to change it. I don't want to murder people as much. No, let's change that one again. It's just a nice piece of music to get woken up to, not... Like... <laughs> what was the question?
1: Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just about that that thing of, like, in terms of collectors, yeah, there's always going to be something that comes along, I guess. Yeah. And like saying, no matter how many copies you've got, or something... Yeah. If if the artwork looks sparkly enough, or if the the, the vinyl colours funky enough, it will like. Oh, go on then, one more time. Sure. And um, yeah. Until I do I do time.
0: find storing the buggers is a pain, and when mm. when you move house, I find the vinyl more cumbersome than the steel books. Even if the yeah. steel books are heavier, because the vinyls are bigger, and you really should put them in a nice case to travel with in case somebody yeah. drops them then yeah it's a bit of a pain. But I do love it and it's not going away anytime soon for me.
1: No. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um all right, well I think that probably covered all of that, didn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean it's an insight into my life. I wonder how much of it will stay in there when I read it but listen to it back, <laughs> but there we are. But just to just, just to sort of throw it back to you know, you know, some special pieces. Mm. Um again it's it's usually Shikari that I just went going in for these particular records that you know they're brilliant. When I Shikari released the Mindsweep in 2015 they put several versions out. One was just a nice blue colorway and I pre-ordered that one. And then I happened to see that they'd released this sort of book variant with loads of art pieces in, you know, you know, nice big book, photos from shows, shows that I'd been to. Um, a signed print from a show that I went to two DVDs of um, they, they they released bootleg series so from tours and shows and stuff uh-huh. one of them was of a show that I went to oh that's cool so I was like ah I've been rumbled here I need to pre-order this so I double dipped on that straight away right but then when I saw them they released The Spark a couple of years later I actually took this big bundle them and they signed it for me at HMV hmm. and Rao, the lead singer was like, oh, I, I really miss it signing these because it's such a nice quality build and he sets something along those lines and it was just like, I they were limited anyway but they were never released signed, Okay. so I've now got a signed version of it which I think is pretty special
1: Oh no, that that will be that is right then, isn't it, yeah
0: um, but yeah, it's just one of my favourite albums and it was such a nice collector's piece that hmm yeah, now the fact that I've got it signed in person as well was
1: pretty awesome. So do you also get um, I guess the vinyl equivalents of some of these limited edition movies that we were talking about where there will be obviously the the, the music, the disc itself might be remastered or whatnot, but you know, the, do you get the ones that have books in there or additional content in the box? Kind of Sometimes,
0: thing? so some some I have bought have come with big lyric sheets and stuff like that
1: hmm.
0: um, and sometimes there are well, yeah I suppose it's lyric sheets more than anything or sometimes it comes with a signed art print which is usually a nice sway um, I've got a few from Skin Dread Bullet for Valentine and Airborne
1: okay right. Um,
0: that's, I think that's less common actually for me personally or maybe I'm just not following music that do it enough but usually the record tends to be signed if it's a pre-order and a special variant
1: Sure, okay, yeah. Quite cool. Yeah. Okay.
0: But yeah, that's about it, isn't it? Cool.
1: That that covers it, yeah. Fantastic.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen. Well, that's not, well, no Who, me else, or the other people? No listen. one else does. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I say I'm, I'm stupidly passionate about this stuff. Um. So, like you did in your episode, if you're going to buy a piece of music, go to an independent store, please. Yeah. Amazon don't need your money really Um, the likes of HMV do even though they're not an independent store they've been saved several times (laughs) and I'm a big HMV fan but you know one local to me has been going since I actually don't know but it's been it's a staple in the city Uh, let's find out there we go it's a music store, apparently, dated back to 1894. I didn't think it was that old. Oh wow! But, okay. You know, we need to keep these places going.
1: Yeah, certainly the independents. I, I would definitely agree with that. As you say, Amazon are going to be fine. Um, old um, what's his Jeff Jeff's going to will be all right. Um, I'd even say HMV to be honest can do without my money. Uh, fair enough. Uh, that's a, another story. Um, but I think. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The independents um, show them the love, basically. Yeah, um, and you know, even cheesy charity shops, right? Oh you yeah, have the, yeah, they, have, yeah. They, have, they have they have boxes and bins full of vinyl stuff. And you know, I've I've as I say, I've got a very small vinyl collection, right? Uh, but there might be something in in a bin in a charity shop that is some cheesiest fuck 1960s lounge singer, right? or some 70s god-awful disco thing. But you know what? It's only 50p. And if it makes you laugh for half an hour, Happy days. that's worth That's worth it. And the charity shop's got some money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So even t- we can talk about the limited editions and, and all this kind of colourways and all that kind of thing, but there's so much out there old stuff that, that just might be sat there waiting for someone to Re-love find it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. Um, so wherever you see wherever you see it you know, pick it up it doesn't have to be a record store, right? Precise Super duper, well I think we've done we've done our piece of good for the world for, for another episode
0: And everything was fine Yes, everything's going to be okay <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be legally standing? I don't know um, Mark said it, uh, not me
1: Well, I read the small print <laughs> I think that'll be okay. Okayness cannot be guaranteed. Exactly. There Unlike this podcast,
0: which we can guarantee it'll be alright if you listen to it. It's not going to be that bad. Give us a like. Sorry. Give us a share. Yeah,
1: give us a like. Share it. Share it, share it, share it. Like it. Review it. Rate it. Um. Let, yeah. Thank you. If you're still out there and you're still listening, you've been with us since the first episode. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And... um. You know, um, tell people about it. Let's, let's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm rambling now. Yeah, we're
0: going to keep doing it until we genuinely get someone saying don't do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Because nobody has, which is quite nice.
1: That's great. Yeah. I mean, well, a couple of people have, but i just ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. See right. you next time, listeners. Cheerio.